full of them. From low-budget crap fests to downright unwatchable. And only two men are willing to watch them all. So climb in and take your seat. This is Short Bus Cinema. Let's do it. Welcome back to another episode of Short Bus Cinema, episode number nine, number nine, number nine. I'm one of your hosts, Rick, and here with my buddy and co-host, Mr. Johnny Krug. What's up, brother? What is up, man? It's good to be back. Yeah. It's good to, it's good to get a little Beatles reference there. <laughs> number nine, number nine. Yeah, man, this oh, is going to be fun. You know, we, it's taken us a while to get over the last movie because it really did devastate us. And uh, so we thought we'd go a little, little, little more lighthearted this week. And uh thought we'd tackle a movie that uh, is kind of infamous for being bad. I remember seeing it back when supposedly it uh, was getting sent around on some bootleg videotapes. And uh, so we're going to be talking about the incredible 1996-97 Fantastic Four, the Roger Corman production, and uh, like I said, I remember seeing this back when uh, when it started getting kind of passed around. I had a buddy that was a big Marvel fan back in the day, so he couldn't wait to get his hands on this, <laughs> and he was totally <laughs> crushed when he saw this movie. <laughs> well, it's you, Johnny. When you remember seeing this thing, man? Like I was telling you before the show started, I, I'd seen a lot of this movie beforehand, but I only remembered certain things about it. And uh, so I probably, I think I saw it probably about 2001. And that was actually just like little pieces of it and stuff with a friend. Yep. But uh, man, I, I really honestly didn't remember a whole lot about this movie. But I know in retrospect now that this is probably my favorite Fantastic Four movie out of the four that have been made. You know, I think we both kind of commented on that, that, uh, you know, it just, uh, it was terrible at the time. But really, when you look back at it, it's really way more entertaining than any other Fantastic Four we've had since. And uh, that's pretty interesting, man. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, wow, I mean, this movie, it just, it, it reeks of the whole, um, you know, like, it, re- it reminded me of a show from like 90s Nickelodeon like Snick or something where it had those kind of special effects and stuff and the acting was kind of like that but you know I find stuff like that kind of endearing as opposed to now where they have all this money thrown at these movies and I still can't come out with with something that you want to watch right yeah, and and uh, again, it's 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 full of fun, and you can tell they actually try to throw a fun factor into this, so it's not trying to be serious and all that stuff. So, you know, as ugly and as cheap as it is, it's 
I don't know. It's kind of a cool little movie, man. And and uh, it's going to be fun getting to talk about this one and just talk about some of the crazy stuff. Of course, we got tons <laughs> of sound bites and all that good stuff. So it's going to be good. There is a lot of levity in this movie. And that's one thing I really like about it, especially going into it, because that last Fantastic Four movie was just bleak. <laughs> it was right. just so bleak. It really was. And so it's, it's kind of, like I said, it, it's neat to kind of go back and, you know, this has that comic book you know, feel of, you know, you're sitting there reading it when you're eight or nine years old. So it makes it fun, man. So we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back after these messages, folks. Get out of the way! Have you ever looked at a movie and said, what the hell is that? How could a movie with that low of a budget? Corny acting, cheesy special effects, or that strange of a plot even be worth watching? Well, have I got the show for you. Join me, Matthew Angry Ginger, for the bad, the weird, and the cheesy. I'll be bringing you on a journey through cinema's oddities. I will cover all genres of film, and hopefully shed some light on why these films are worth watching. Track down the bad, the weird, and the cheesy podcast on Facebook and on Podbean. And now for our feature presentation. All right, folks, we're back. And we're going to jump into this movie as fast as we can. So we're going to talk about Fantastic Four. Lay it on them, Johnny. This movie is from 1994, although, like you were saying, a lot of the bootlegs and stuff probably didn't surface until 96, 97. Um, but this movie, it's a straight PG movie, no PG-13, so it's, you know, a whole family can watch this and not have any really, there's nothing really too crazy in it. The IMDb score for this is a 3.9, which I think is shockingly low for this movie, for the kind of movie it is and stuff. I mean, what do you think, man? Yeah, you know, it's got some some shady acting in it, but, you know, I don't know. I, again, when we compare it to some of these other things we've seen, it's no worse than, than any of the other ones, and a lot more entertaining than some of them. So, uh, you know, that's a low score for people that haven't seen uh, the recent stuff that we've set through. <laughs> Um, this movie is uh, actually directed by Ole Sassoon, which just it must be the brother of Vidal Sassoon. But he's known for uh, he's known for Final Embrace, Blood Fist Three, Forced to Fight. <laughs> I love that Blood Fist Three. <laughs> they needed to, they needed to verify that this was the third film, so they had no choice in the matter. Oh, not to be confused with Blood Fist Two. <laughs> but uh, man, he, he has done some stuff though that um. He did Relentless 4, Ashes to Ashes. Have you seen any of the Relentless movies? I have not. The, the first three, I believe, are directed by the guy who did uh, like Maniac and Maniac Cop, William Lustig, if I'm not mistaken. Oh. And I guess this guy did the fourth the fourth one. But the first movie is all, all, all three or four of them are based kind of on a serial killer. And the first movie, Judd Nelson is the killer, and he basically um, – He's trying to get into the police academy, but he's failed at everything, so he just turns to a murderer, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I haven't seen them, but I know what you're talking about. They didn't ring a bell when you were talking about it. They're decent, man. I, I don't think I've seen the fourth one that this guy directed, but the first three are definitely good. I think the second one's probably the best. So he, he's done that. He's done a lot of Xena Warrior Princess. It looks like he directed quite a few of those. 
It's no, it's no blood and, fist uh, three. No, <laughs> no. And this, uh, this movie is, uh, from what I can tell, is the the two guys that wrote it. Um, one of them did like the Philadelphia Experiment two and Warlock, like the original Warlock. Wow. But the other dude did nothing. He is like, this, this is his only credit that I can see. Wow. But Warlock, I mean, that's a classic. Uh, you know, I love it. Uh, that's about as far as I go with that whole series. But uh, yeah, I love the first one. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, but. Uh, this movie, it stars <laughs> Alex Hyde White, who I, I had to look up a lot of these people because I recognized them. But uh, Michael Bailey Smith, I knew immediately because yeah. he's in a ton of horror. He plays Super Freddy in Nightmare on Elm Street 5. He's in The Hills Have Eyes uh, remake. The the guy, John Underwood, or sorry, Jay Underwood, who played Johnny Storm in this, actually, is the boyfriend from Uncle Buck, man. Right, right. Yeah, that's that thing, like you said. I mean, you, you notice these folks because they've been in some other stuff. So so that, that kind of gave you a little bit of credibility, I guess. They didn't go out and get a total cast of, of absolute morons. <laughs> well, I was looking, apparently, like, uh, apparently the guy who, who played Johnny Storm in this, he actually, because I was trying to see what else he's been in over the years, and I said that in, the, like, the last 10, 15 years, he's been, like, the the pastor of, like, a megachurch in California. Yeah, I saw that, too. Yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting, so let's let's be real about <laughs> this movie. He He's the worst actor in this movie, as far as he's overacting, you know, and I don't know if they just told him to. Oh, he, what, he's chewing all the scenery. He really is so uh you know uh, <laughs> it's fun so uh we'll go ahead and get started on this one this one starts off it's it's a classroom science class at college you got commandant lassard up there teaching a science class <laughs> and uh while that's going on you see uh, uh two guys passing notes back and forth which just happened to be uh reed richards or richard reeds or richard reed one of the richard guys <laughs> and he's passing notes back to another guy who happens to be Victor, if you know the you know Fantastic Four, it, that kind of plays into things a little later on. And they're passing these notes back and forth. And what's funny is they run outside, and they're talking outside, and their voices sound exactly the same as they did when they's, when they's in the classroom. So it's like you could tell the whole thing was done <laughs> afterwards, you know, and just uh, you put in it post. Well, when they went outside, there was some there was some really weird kind of interaction between them too. I don't know, like when when uh, Reed's kind of begging Victor to you know try to harness the energy that they're wanting to use <laughs> yes. um, for the what's it called Colossus? <laughs> yes, it's just the way they're acting toward each other. It's like it's like an uncomfortable relationship or after a breakup. Or or something very much. <laughs> this is very weird yeah and then it jumps straight from there to uh you know uh, a couple of uh, a young guy and, and a really young kid playing a video game which it just looked like a cartoon on the tv it didn't look anything like a video game uh i expected to see like oh, it was a totally totally cartoon yeah i expected to see like heathcliff come out of it and you know wave his hand or something <laughs> But yeah, they're they're really overreacting to this video game because it's come on, man, it's a video game. They're just like going absolutely nuts over this thing. And I'm like, yeah, it's a little too much. <laughs> well, that was one thing that like kind of like uh, I will be the first to admit that I don't know a lot about the Fantastic Four as far as like comics and stuff go, but. I didn't realize that Johnny and Sue Storm were so much younger than the other guys. Yeah, and they make a real good point of making it uncomfortable, too. That's what's weird about this whole thing. Ooh, yeah, they do. Yes, <laughs> yes, they do. Because it's, it's, it's right after that, right, that Reed shows up to their house, and, uh, and the, he's sitting there having this conversation with a girl who couldn't be, what, like 12 years old? Right, right. 
and she's and, all like, he's dreaming and, uh, and all this stuff. And <laughs> yeah, very uncomfortable. I'm, I'm really glad that, um, well, I don't want to skip ahead, but, you know, after this is when they try to harness that Colossus energy. And are they doing it in the attic of that boarding house? I'm not exactly sure, because if, if, if they were... I, I think it is. <laughs> Yeah, it probably is because I remember, you know, when they when they decide to do that, and so they built this big, humongous machine. They put their calculations in. They're waiting for this. I guess it was a comet that's passing by. It's supposed to harness this energy, and uh, you know, Doom gets his calculations or, or, or I'm sorry, Victor gets his calculations wrong. And uh, spoiler alert. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, yeah, uh, he kind of gets a little fried here. And it's one of the best screams, I think, ever in uh, in film history. kind of goes like this. In case you didn't know it, folks, he's in pain. <laughs> it sounded like Glenn Danzig was passing a kidney stone. <laughs> it doesn't go well at all. <laughs> no. <laughs> and uh, luckily, Ben, who's standing out there, you know, watching the, the comet go by with everybody else, decides to run in and uh, knock uh, Victor away from, from the electrocution that's going on. Even though Reed is just standing there beside him, not doing anything. <laughs> I'm not going to touch him. You touch him. I'm really glad, though. I'm really glad that uh, the scene after this, that they did give us the whole 10 years later thing. <laughs> yeah, jumps to 10 years later. So I guess before that, they, they do go to the hospital before that because there's the hug between Ben and yeah, uh, Reed, yeah. but yeah, we see weird. that they want to keep Victor alive. Yeah, the weird man hug. So, yeah, I mean... Yeah. <laughs> again, they're all buddies, I guess you would say. You know, again, if you're a Fantastic Four fan, you know how this works out. But so you go from <laughs> here's dude is just a, basically a a burrito laying up at <laughs> at the hospital, and then it just says, you know, yeah, we're just, just going to jump ten years from now. So what do you do when you haven't seen your friend in ten years? You decide you're going to get together and go to space. That's just what you do, folks. And they, that's even how they, they bring it up. They go to the, the, the boarding house that, that's actually owned by uh, the Storm's mother. And the first thing they ask, they ask like a little kid if if, uh, if her kids can go to space with them. Can Johnny and Susan go to space with us? Well, of course they can. <laughs> <laughs> you know right away in the scene also that uh, that Johnny's character is going to be the over actor because uh, as soon as he comes down the stairs and gives him like that crazy like high five handshake thing, <laughs> I'm just like, dude, <laughs> too much. So here's where you can get a little lost in the story because this is something that, that I don't know ever really happened in any other Fantastic Four story. But, uh, you know, they're getting ready to go to space and in order to harness the energy, you have to have like... This big diamond, right? Don't ask me. That's just the, that's the way it goes. So, in order to get this big diamond, it's in holding at supposedly one of uh, Victor's places, some kind of business place where you keep things locked up. 
I still don't understand what this building is because. Oh, I don't either. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's there's like security, you know, armed vehicles outside and other stuff. Then everybody's just walking through. It, it looks like it's a almost like it's a big bank or something, but it's not. You can tell it's a business place. But the thing that throws it off is there's just a blind girl walking around with a with a, a clay bust in her hands. You know, get your mind out of the gutter. A, a bust. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, uh, why? <laughs> Why? Well, and then, then then it cuts to a scene right after that where uh, she's in there sculpting Lionel Richie's head. <laughs> yeah, I kept saying, hello. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But the one thing that threw me off was the uh, – and they give him a name later, but um, was b- before they go into this building to get that big giant – <laughs> big ice sculpture diamond. Uh, there's there's a diamond sniffing sewer troll outside, right. who's just like peeking peeking out of the sewer <laughs> the sewer hole, and uh, it's a character that I don't I didn't remember at all in this movie, but he he does come into play quite quite a bit, even though he's he's a villain, but he's not even like a main villain I've ever heard of. He's oh, called the jeweler. Yeah, and he's not, he's not even a real Fantastic Four bad guy. I think they just kind of made it up for this movie. Uh, he's a lot like another. <laughs> The character and I can't place who it is, but it is not this character. But I guess in order to make this story work, this is what they went with. <laughs> and uh, oh yeah, one thing I forgot to mention is uh, the the big factor that really hurts this movie. I can I can handle bad effects, bad acting, but the music really hurts this movie. It, it's it's a little too cheap. They're trying, you think? Yeah, they're well, they're trying to do the superhero thing, and I don't know, man. It's almost like they play the wrong music at the wrong time on some stuff. That's just me. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. No, I can totally see that. But um, it's they had. I guess it was two brothers that worked on the soundtrack, and it's to me it seemed like over ambitious for this movie. I think that maybe that's it because it's like a little too much at times. You're like, you know, dude. They're, yeah. You know, they're going to space. You don't need, you know. A Star Wars soundtrack, <laughs> you know, just some background, thinking, <laughs> you know, something like that. So, but uh, yeah, apparently diamonds help you in space travel. Uh, you gonna harness the energy? Uh, like I said, <laughs> I've got it in my notes that says, "Meanwhile, blind girl is working on her head." <laughs> <laughs> Hello. <laughs> is it me you're looking for? <laughs> So apparently, oh, the the jeweler has fallen in love with the blind girl. It, it, it's turning into a soap opera, folks. I'm sorry, but the jeweler is seeing the blind girl, which of course she didn't see him back. <laughs> and uh, he falls in, <laughs> falls in love with her, and he decides he's going to give her a gift, which happens to be the same diamonds that we're trying to get the Fantastic Four to take with them uh, for this uh, space extravaganza. So they actually show, you know, later on. Doom is watching a video of the jeweler breaking in, just like, I don't know, uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones, <laughs> and go steal these diamonds and replace it with an exact replica. They don't realize that uh, it's a replica until they're like all they're all the way in space. <laughs> yeah, don't don't verify it, just, uh, just go with it. But yeah, so he steals the diamonds to give to her. Uh, Dr. Doom, who's now the bad guy of the movie, which you still haven't really seen yet, but you know who he is because he's Dr. Doom. He's just cackling away because they got the wrong diamonds. And uh, so he's, he's all excited because he's, he's really ticked off because of the past for some reason because he was wrong and Reed was always right. 
And uh, so he's wanting to get back at him. So he didn't even have to do anything. It's almost like he's getting, he's getting a free reward here. And you get those weird little dudes that are on his video screen, you know? Yeah. They're almost like, you know, one's facing the screen, the other one's like looking off in the distance like like an old 80s, you know, family picture or something. <laughs> so that that just cracked me up, man. And the fact that Dr. Doom's like tapping on the screen and stuff, and I'm like, what is he doing? I mean... <laughs> so anyways... Well, well after they... This is around the time they crash, right? And he realizes they're still alive. Well, you know, you get they, they go into space, right? So they're going into space. And I've never seen a group of people get uh, so excited uh, about an antenna. <laughs> so you get this line. Susan, activate the antenna. Yeah! So, yeah, right then they found out the diamonds were fake. And uh, so they're trying to abort the mission, but it didn't quite work out. So now you got, and one question I had too, you got Dr. Doom, who's now the bad guy with all these henchmen. How do henchmen get paid? I've always wondered about that. I don't know how they get recruited. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they just kind of hang out. I mean, they don't have jobs. I guess working for him as a henchman is a job. I don't know. I've just always wondered about that. And I also said the Jew. They go to that monster.com and fill out their application. <laughs> monster.com. <laughs> I said the jeweler looks like Mel Brooks <laughs> when he's running through there through the lasers to get the diamonds. <laughs> he really does. Yeah, he kind of looks. What he really looks like is on Creep Show 2 when Savini's that guy that's the truck driver that's throwing the papers out or, you know, at the beginning of the movie. Oh, the yeah. He kind of looks like that. He does, actually. Yeah. I, I didn't even think about that until you just said it, though. Yeah. I love the scene where Dr. Doom realizes right after this that they're alive, and he also realizes how to talk with a mouthful of marbles. Well, actually, the best part is when the when it explodes, because Dr. Doom knows exactly when to start laughing because they exploded. I've got, I got a sample of that. That's awesome. been a funny episode of Alfie was watching. Holy crap. <laughs> uh, that's the best villain laugh I think I've ever heard in my life. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I will say this. I don't know. Based on the fact that every time he's talking, you can barely understand him. I assume they recorded his dialogue not in post, but like well, he was just sitting there in costume. Oh, yeah. But one thing I'll say for sure is is if you watch his you talk about overacting, if you watch his mannerisms and the way he he moves his hands and his arms when he's talking, it's hilarious. Yeah. It's it's so funny. Well, I guess he had to because you know, you're wearing the mask, so you can't show any real expression, so you're having to overact with your arms and your hands and all this stuff. But I I do love the fact that they did not go back and redo his vocals at all. <laughs> and you can even see it on the other actors' faces when he's talking, like 
yeah, I don't, I don't know what he said, but I'm gonna go ahead and say my next lines. <laughs> and we got several. Should we go ahead and cut? Let him re- re- re-deliver his line again, or no? Just go, keep going. Okay. <laughs> oh, we'll fix it in post. <laughs> you know, and I'm sure that was the attitude, but that just adds so much to this movie that makes it fun because you could literally do not know what he's saying half the time. That just makes it great. <laughs> There, there, there were several times where I, I honestly had to rewind it, and I still couldn't figure out what he was saying. It's almost one of those things where you could just make up your own idea of what he said, you know, and you're probably still okay with it, you know. <laughs> their, their ship blows up, and let's just face it, folks, it's, it's crappy. It's a little bitty model. It blows up. It looks really bad. But you follow that with that laugh. It's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> And then, you know, the how do you find out? You, you get a spinning newspaper that tells you, oh, they, they, they blew up. So, oh, another thing, too, is when they're going to space. I don't know if you watched this or not or paid attention to it, Johnny, but <laughs> all the clips of the spaceship is, like, different, you know, just classic space footage of, like, actual missiles that we sent from NASA. And they all intercut <laughs> oh, yeah. to different things. Oh, yeah, you can tell from the thrusters and stuff. None of them look like the ship. <laughs> and, they're, and they're all different ships that they show that's going on. So it's like one time it's a straight up missile, one time it's like the you know the one of the shuttles, and then the other one is <laughs> then it turns into the ship that's that they're flying. And none of them look the same. It's it's incredible. Yeah, I did appreciate the fact that their actual ship was one of the weirdest designs I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it was yeah. like this almost like pyramid looking thing. Right. Very triangular and odd. And, and yeah, so when they cut to that and it's 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 on the launch pad and it's lifting off. It's like, it just looks like a basic shuttle. <laughs> Foreman's known for that stock footage. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You don't have the money to go shoot that here. Just use this. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> man, he, uh, the, right before it blows up, too, you get that slow-mo thing. It's like a poor man's 2001. <laughs> it gets all trippy and stuff, and then boom! <laughs> there you go. So, right after that, it explodes, and Dr. Doom's laughing. Now we're on the set of Dragon Slayer for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was strange because it it looked like they were on another planet completely. Yeah, yeah. It's I get I don't know if you're supposed to think that they were or not, but it's like, where is this place, man? It, it like I said, it could be Dragon Slayer, could be Australia. Who knows? It looked like Eternia from He Man. Uh, so, at this point. They're starting to find out everybody's alive, which is weird because you just had a space shuttle craft that exploded in space. Now, you know how I am about some logic on this stuff, but if you're in space and it blows up, <laughs> how do you fall back to Earth? And, I mean, how do you fall back to Earth, period? <laughs> that had to be a direct explosion to send you right back to the Earth, all four of you. Well, this is where we, this. Well, this is where we find out their powers too. This is where we kind of, because they, they have that little moment where they're trying to decide. They're trying to fathom the idea or how they actually made it back with right. no scratches or anything. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, you kind of get uh, this little bit of dialogue right here. Pieces. We're fine. Come on, doesn't that bother anybody just a little? Oh, well, okay, we're all not all together fine. I got a bit of dirt in my nose. Oh. Uh. 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 Did, 
did I mention that uh, that uh, the Human Torch overreacts a little? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's how he finds out he has he has the 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 magic uh, fire sneeze. Yeah. Yeah. Why? And I'm not, I'm not looking for a lot of logic in this movie, but why did it take a day or so for uh, for uh, the thing to actually? change when all the rest of them were automatically already showing yeah, the same powers. I don't know. I, I think just to kind of keep the suspense going, maybe it was a budget thing as well. Yeah, we don't need to show him just yet. <laughs> well, of course, you get the reveal later on that night, but but yeah, you get uh, everybody starting to realize that they get these powers, and I've got it wrote right here, the invisible woman effects are really, really bad. <laughs> Because it's just half the time, it's just like half her body's missing, right? right. And it's just a swipe too. It's not even like a real try to you know thin it out, make it disappear thing. It's just like a swipe. It's like you just had a green glove on, did some green screen, and just held your hand up over part of the screen. That's that's all it is. And uh, that's really really bad (laughs) until you see Red Richards stretching his arm. (laughs) Then you're like, yeah, the invisible stuff looks great now. I thought the fire effects were actually pretty good for for Johnny Storm, uh, honestly. Starting off, they were, and then they started getting kind of crappy later on. But yeah, I, I think for the first part, well, it was okay. they get yeah, they get really bad toward the end. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they're all sitting around the fire, and that's when you get uh, Johnny reacting, overacting part two, which kind of goes like this: panic, panic. Read, read, my sister here disappears at the drop of a hat. You, you, you stretch like some human rubber band, and I'm a walking blowtorch, and you don't want us to panic. Oh, oh, well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Excuse me. <laughs> wow, he's trying to be Michael J. Fox there, sounds like. I know. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah, and this actor, too, though, that's what's funny about this, is that actor was probably about the age he's trying to portray back when he did Uncle Buck in the mid-'80s, late-'80s. And now he's, like, a, you know, probably in his 30s playing this, like, younger guy. And like you just said, you, you just commented on the fire effects, but I got it wrote down, and I said, wow, he, he gets the flame to come up in his hand, and everybody's amazed at how bad it is. <laughs> it's like, wow, look at that crappy effect. <laughs> Isn't this where they get picked up by the by uh, Doom's people and taken back to that facility? Well, yeah, it starts off, he thinks the military is coming to get them, and it's like, how did you know we were here? <laughs> well, you know, we just, uh, you know, we just tracked you, you know. And yeah, Doom takes them back. And at the same time, this is where you get some more of the jeweler soap opera that's going on, where he decides he's had enough. He's trying to send gifts to the girl. She's not interested, so he's just going to send his guys go get his girl for him. And it kind of goes like this. This is a piece of gold, right? Or diamond, whatever you want to say. <laughs> you will bring me my queen. A queen! A queen! piano stuff, man. It's just like, come on, man. The only thing is missing, I think back there in the background, I heard him. He was saying, Montorino, you're gonna die! <laughs> I do think they were missing a slide whistle in there, too. I do like the scene where they drop into uh, to, to capture the blind girl, because honestly... <laughs> He sends in like 10, 15 people right. to get one girl who's blind, sculpting a head, and they're prope- they're propelling on ropes and like it's just it's like, this it looked like a military operation. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty lame, man. It's like dude, I gotta do is knock on the door, and when she answers the door, grab her. 
<laughs> you don't have to come propelling through a roof or any of that stuff. It's a little overkill, dude. Well, did you notice how, like, it was funny how silent they were before they all landed on the ground. I'm like, dude, you guys could be as loud as you want. She's not getting away. Oh, man. There's like 30 of you. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little overkill. He was determined. He was going to have her. I do like that side plot, though, of, of, of the jeweler because it, it, they did connect it pretty well with uh, later in the movie with how um, the thing actually comes in contact with her. Even though it's a little bit creepy beforehand because, uh, you know, when she's she's there tied up and, and uh, the jeweler's talking about how he's got a diamond for his lady and all this stuff and then he's like i'm gonna take her to the he says something like i'm gonna take her to the other room and i don't know it sounded really inappropriate though i don't i should have written i should have wrote down what he said but it was it was not good it's just lame that's all there is to it uh but yeah like you said man you get the fantastic four going back to to doom's headquarters i guess and he's wanting to get a blood sample out of him he wants to be able to pull out their power and Put it in himself so he can be all powerful. So he's already figured out they have all these powers, I guess. And he sends his, this doctor in to do all this stuff. And it's got some comic relief here. <laughs> Not that you really needed it. <laughs> You're laughing already through all of it. But, uh, you know, so they send these guys in and he can't get the job done. So what I love about it is the next group of people they send in to take their blood sample are all dressed in raincoats and hoodies <laughs> and face masks. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Because you gotta have a way for them to to escape, you know. <laughs> it is they're they're like yellow raincoats. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just it's so obvious that that was the setup. You knew it was going to happen. And something that's kind of cool about it, it's not great, but this is where you know they're they're trying to get you know free or whatever, and they're all just sitting there chilling out. They have went through the panic stage earlier of saying, man, we got to get out of here and all this stuff. Now they've got a plan where they're just chilling out, and the guys with the raincoats walk in, and all of a sudden you just see the, the screen spin like an old-timey newspaper, and you just hear some whack, whack, whack. So it's, you know, the thing is just, you know, hammering on these guys. And uh, and that's all you see of it. It's kind of cool. It's kind of an old, almost like a 66 Batman kind of thing, you know. Uh, I thought that was kind of funny. Totally. Yeah. But coming out of there, they're broke free, and they're going through the laboratory, and they find where Doom is building this huge monstrosity, not even sure what it is, which comes into play in a little bit. <laughs> and this is the first time Doom comes in contact with the Fantastic Four. And uh, <laughs> I'm just going to let Doom talk for himself. <laughs> Here we go. No, 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 no. Even started. We're going home. A road of you. <laughs> what? After all the trouble, <laughs> I want you to feel at home. And you're running off like a doggy from the tube. I just can't allow that. Yeah, well, who asked you, you overgrown <laughs> tin can? What? <laughs> Take my advice. I don't know what he said there, man. I heard keep your poo and something about frying a rutabaga. <laughs> oh, so that that's there's reason alone to watch this movie. It's just that you can skip all the Fantastic Four stuff, man. Just watch Doctor Doom, man. Just hear what he got to say. He lays it on thick. <laughs> 
Dude, I would love I would love to go in and like take all his scenes and subtitle them with what I think he's saying. <laughs> Just to make it that, that much funnier. Uh, so at this time, he sends in all of his hitchmen that are all dressed in green. And uh, then you get the classic line, which is... So you finally get the clobbering time, you know, theme, and uh, you get a big throwdown here, which this is what's funny. You got the human torch over there. He's trying to burn a hole through a wall, which is not not really getting them anywhere. So the rest of them are all fighting, you know, knocking out the bad guys, all this stuff. And the whole time he's just over there holding his hand against the wall like he's, I don't know, a Jedi master or something trying to burn a hole through this concrete wall and it's just it's just not working man <laughs> a, a couple of things I liked about this was uh, was during this fight scene where um uh, where the thing is uh, when it first starts the thing is just walking kind of like uh, Super Freddy because it's the same actor right. and it's that same thing where he's getting shot like a, a hundred times and just like you know all the little sparks flying off him and at first I was like man this this stuntman's like known for a certain <laughs> certain kind of scene but then but then Susan Storm is is standing between two guys with guns and they're both pointed at her from, from her left side or right side she disappears and they shoot each other I'm like do they not, they not realize they were going to shoot each other anyway? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, because, I mean, there's, like, not even the arms linked away from each other, and they both turn towards each other to shoot her. <laughs> and she just turns them yeah. in and ducks. <laughs> 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 yeah. What can you say? I loved it, man. It's it's hard when you're a low, you know, uh, uh, entry-grade henchman. You know, you just you, <laughs> you don't have the skills just yet. You know, so your your life expectancy is probably not very long. Well, it's kind of like we were talking about. I think it was with uh, Ninja Three: The Domination. Whenever the beginning, when all the cops are in a circle around that ninja, right. and they're all pointing guns at each other. <laughs> yeah, not a good idea, folks. I mean, you know, again, they should they should have known this just by watching Ninja Three. Exactly. Uh. <laughs> And then, uh, you know, <laughs> this is the best. So, like I said, you know, fl- uh, human torches over there burning a hole in the wall, and it's just not getting anywhere. And the thing's just like, yeah, I've had enough of this crap. And he just walks over and just, <laughs> he just walks through the wall. And they just all leave from there. <laughs> and the best part is this is when Doom steps back into the room. And he, this is absolutely the best thing in the movie. But he comes back in, and he's like, Hello, my friend. Uh, goes back in he's going to try to make this grand re-entrance oh. you know and they're already going he just goes hmm <laughs> and that's the that's the uh, the one line of dialogue you can actually understand from him in this movie right you finally get that where they're all accepting their powers and, and they're under like uh, Reed is helping them understand why whenever they had the accident why certain things came out of them like you know because Susan says that she's she's shy, so that's right. why she becomes invisible. Right. And uh, Johnny's always had you know a hot head, so he's just got the flame. And the Reed one was kind of funny. Like, I'm, I'm always stretching myself every direction. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, that's a stretch. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, th- this is the point where uh, the, the thing is just like he he pretty much gets pretty vocal about how he got screwed on this down the bargain, right? And uh, how he has to walk around looking like a freak the rest of his life. So. He, he feels freakish. He goes out moping around town. Uh, 
uh, he almost he he almost beats the crap out of Carlos from Freddy's Dead in an alley. <laughs> Yeah, well, he walks out, he's trying to pick yeah. up some prostitutes, you know, so you kind of get that thing going on. They're like, ah, no! And he goes, he goes, hangs out behind a little restaurant or whatever, and the guy goes like, hey, you can't stay here! <laughs> I'm just trying to find a place to rest. Then he he's, out- he's like, I'm not looking for any trouble. He's like, well, you, I'm going to get you some trouble. <laughs> Uh, and then you get the yeah, he's like he's like a third of his size. I know. And then he, he walks out in the street and he does that weird psychedelic thing too, where the lights are all spinning and stuff. He's just it's not as good as Doom Jail, but it's it's pretty good. <laughs> and back at the Fantastic Four's headquarters, uh, you know how lucky they are that there was a sewing machine there. <laughs> because Susan just I know right because she walks back in and she's got him yeah she just come up with this idea hey I'm gonna make everybody a blue spandex outfit with white trim so you won't stand out <laughs> <laughs> I did like that too though because that was the the one time in the movie well not, I think they said it a couple times but when the mom at the very beginning when they're going into space is like the Fantastic Four right. I was like oh, okay yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's not heavy handed at all no, no. so I mean it, but, uh, some of the setup stuff is you can tell just rushed, you know. She just walks in and goes, hey, look what I've got, <laughs> you know? And it's like, yeah, no, yeah. Uh, that's, that's, I don't, I don't like that. <laughs> the jeweler ends up taking Ben in while he's, uh, you know, moping around, so and he's basically gonna give Ben this, like, you know, make him feel accepted and, like, he's not a freak and stuff like that, but he gets there and almost immediately, Doom attacks, right? And, uh, takes Ben's girl- girlfriend or the blind girl hostage. Right. And uh, out of nowhere, she knows who Ben and, uh, is. Did you notice that? That's when... They you, met you know what's funny is, is I did notice that, and, and it makes no sense. Right. <laughs> well, it made no sense to me either, because he, his voice sounds like a like a goblin now. <laughs> it's goblin time. Ben! Oh, ben. Is that you, Ben? Because <laughs> that's like, his Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Is it me you're for? <laughs> I would love that, actually. <laughs> uh, we'll take, we'll go back and make our own version of this, and we'll throw that in there. <laughs> so, what did you think about the, the thing's makeup job? I mean, do you think it was okay? Or I thought it was all right. I, in fact, I thought the animatronics with the lips and stuff worked really well. It, it reminded me a lot of like the Ninja Turtle movies and stuff, right? Where. Uh, it's, it seemed competent enough. The only thing that bugged me was his like brow with his for his forehead and his brow was kind of a little too low. Yeah. And and again, I still like the way he looked better than the the remake that came out right after that. I thought it looked better than, than that guy did, as, as weird as that is. Yeah, and Michael Chiklis just looked like Michael Chiklis with a bunch of barnacles and rocks growing on him. Right. With real bad skin <laughs> condition, you know, cracked skin. Yes, it's that Jurgens commercial <laughs> with the alligator walking around. Right. The hot chick. Does your skin feel like this? Hello? Doom decides he wants to come take blind chick, I guess, for some reason. Uh, he's showing up. He's wanting the diamond, right? That's what it is. He's wanting the diamond. He comes back to get the diamond. Yeah. And uh, so you get this kind of little showdown of the jeweler thinks he's hot snot until Doom walks in. And he's like, yeah, okay, you're you're the bad guy. And uh, like you said, you, he takes uh, the girl hostage. And then the one time when Ben needs to be the thing, and he is the thing... He kind of cowers down and becomes normal bed and runs out naked screaming like, So he kind of wusses out, (laughs) runs out in the street. It's because she confesses her love for him. Yeah, that's a that's a very bad time. He should have said, "Hold on, babe. <laughs> Let's wait till we get back to the crib." <laughs> right now, I need to be. It's clobbering time, you know. 
And uh, so, yeah, he runs out screaming like, no. And uh, so it's like when he needs to be the thing, he can't be. But when he is the thing, he can't be normal. And, you know, so they kind of dance around that a bit. Then you get some more great Dr. Doom talking that just doesn't make any sense. (laughs) This is when he realizes that he actually is a... He's part of their group, so he comes back to the, the Fantastic Four because uh, he, he needs to save his girlfriend, and also uh, they, they need to stop Doom. So they they end up going to to the Doom's place, and they immediately all four get trapped in these like holographic <laughs> cylinders. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and they even the- mention walking into a trap. They <laughs> they even say it. Yeah, be careful because you may step in a trap. Bang! There you go. And it's funny that they all stood exactly <laughs> exactly where those beams were. I mean, every one of them, all at the same time. It's pretty incredible. <laughs> well, Doom, Doom's had a lot of a lot of time, you know, with, during his healing process to actually get down, you know, the the specifics of things like that. It's just amazing he can hate these people that much. What's amazing to me is, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, not only did he hate him so much, but with the technology and how smart he is, he can't figure out a better way to vocalize. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man. And, and I would have taken one of those, he, he, even one of those boxes they give to people who, you know, smoke for a long time. With those, uh, to get one of those. <laughs> Mom, I'm gonna get you read nut. <laughs> oh, it burns, it burns. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's terrible. <laughs> so yeah, the, you get the the big idea that uh, Doom is going to take them and drain their power into the diamond at exactly the same time that uh, the 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 comet is going to come over again. I guess is that kind of the premise of this thing? And at the same time, oh, in in so many hours, uh, twelve hours. <laughs> he even points that out. You got twelve hours. Before this big laser cannon that I just built that's on Earth is going to destroy the Earth. Okay, hold on. Let me think about that. It's going to shoot down. Now, I don't know if you noticed that or not, but it shoots down from space to the Earth, but it's on Earth. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and doesn't Johnny have to, like, fight it back into space? Well, <laughs> well yeah. We'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> Oh, but uh, before that, in order to in order to get out of this force field that they that they are in, which if you really look at it, three of them are acting like this is a painful thing. They're stuck and they're like, ah, ah. and Reed is just standing there like, yeah, I'm not I'm not going this far with this movie. I just don't really give a crap at this point. <laughs> He's just standing there with a look on his face like, yeah, I'm not I'm not doing that. That just that's retarded. Really, this is where you draw the line. You don't mind being Mr. Stretchy Man and painting the side of your head white and, you know, having these stretchy arms and stuff, but you're not going to act like you're in a force field? Yeah, at some point, it's, it's about your uh, your your dignity and how much you can, uh, a villain that can't enunciate gets away with doing things like this to you. <laughs> so what does he do? <laughs> he, he smashes his foot down flat like a tapeworm <laughs> and sneaks it down underneath the force field. <laughs> How this works, I don't know, because I'm pretty sure the force field goes all the way to the floor. But uh, he sneaks his foot in there, and instead of, like, I don't know, hitting a switch or something, he takes his foot and, and kicks the diamond. 
No, it's like on a it's like on an old <laughs> VCR projector thing they had at school that the TV would sit on with the projector and or the the VCR on that they would roll in the classrooms. That's what this diamond is sitting on. Yeah, the overhead. <laughs> <laughs> so he kicks it over and it breaks the force field. And then, uh, you know, again, Doom is laughing and talking, and you can't understand me. He runs off. And uh, so, yeah, they've got very little time to save the Earth. And, yeah, they're all trying to figure out, somebody needs to go get Doom. Somebody needs to fight these bad guys. Somebody needs to say it's clobbering time. (laughs) And somebody needs to stop the ray from destroying the Earth that's already on the Earth. So how are we going to do that? (laughs) Well... Reed says he's going to go stop the laser, and then Johnny steps up, and he becomes the man, and he says, No, but I can't. I've been wanting to blow up that destructor away since I was a kid, huh? Flame on! So, yeah, I've been wanting to blow that thing up since I was a kid. Really? Even though it really wasn't around when you were a kid. He just built it. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's not the same thing. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so yeah, and what ensues here is possibly the worst CGI I've ever seen. <laughs> it's really bad. <laughs> so he's uh, just orange fire at that point. He's just like a like a cartoon fire. Yeah, man. If they would have just drawn this and just made it a cartoon, it would have looked better than what what you see. And the laser's like hitting him. He's like trying to race the beam down to Earth, even though, like I said, it just it's on Earth because they were in the same building it was in. Um, he's flying down beside the laser and trying to get in front of it to stop it. And he gets in front of it and it starts making it turn these somersaults and stuff. And I'm telling you, man, this is really, really bad. And it gets to where it's like going to hit these buildings in a town or whatever. And the buildings look like just cardboard cut out. <laughs> I mean, it was like they just took some garbage bags, you know, some paper paper grocery sacks and stood them up on their ends and just drew windows on them. I wouldn't put something like that past Corman. Yeah. But, uh, you know, he stops the laser. There you go. He stops the laser, and it blows up in space, even though it's not in space. Then you get this showdown between uh, Reed and, and Dr. Doom, which is some more just unintelligible blabbering going on. And... You find out at this point that why did they even need the Fantastic Four? If Reed could go in there and be that powerful, what's the need of everybody else? <laughs> we wasted a whole Yeah, because movie. nobody else really comes back into it. No, he goes in there and he just starts plummeting the guy and knocks him off the edge of a building, which apparently we're at uh, Sir Lancelot's house or something now. So it basically <laughs> it just looks like a big castle and he's hanging off the castle wall and he's like... He's, he's just like he wants to save him because he's found out that that Doctor Doom is his buddy Victor, even though he hates him now or whatever. And this is big soap opera thing. So he grabs his hand. He's gonna try to pull Doctor Doom up, and <laughs> Doctor Doom like just disconnects his hand and goes falling down and just laughing at him, like off into the mist. <laughs> And and uh, that's 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 kind of it as far as Doctor Doom. You never hear a crash or anything. You just hear, <laughs> and he just fades off. And he leaves the, he as as well as he entered. Oh, and then I think Reed lays his his arm or his hand up there on the on the the edge there of the building, and you see it twitch a little bit. Just go, dum dum dum. He might be back, but I really doubt it because this movie's not going to get a sequel. <laughs> 
<laughs> this movie doesn't even have a legitimate release that I know of. No. Besides VHS. No. It, it w- There's a big story behind all that, too. Of It was never initially supposed to be released to be able to hold on to the rights of the characters or the story and be able to make a movie later on. So they made this little cheap thing. You've heard those stories before like that. But that's Stan Lee oh, yeah. saying that. But the director and the people involved said, no, that wasn't the case at all. We were ready to release the thing. And then it just got shelved. So uh, it's a pretty interesting story. Anyways, jumping back into the story, at the end, because of the weird <laughs> stare down that Reed has with with Susan when he first sees her again, and it's almost like he's just you know undressing her right there in front of her folks and everybody with his eyes. Uh, <laughs> they decide they're gonna get married, and just like Johnny said at the beginning, the the ending of this is kind of what you end up remembering more than anything else. Because it shows them, shows them coming out of the chapel, and they get into a, a, a stretch limousine with a sunroof, and you hear everybody saying, bye, have a good time, and you see the sunroof open up, and <laughs> a big, long, stretched-out arm extends up from the roof, and it's swaying back and forth. <laughs> and it is the dumbest-looking thing I've ever seen, man. It almost looked like one of those wacky, inflatable guys that's outside of a car dealership. Yeah, really, it did. Uh, so, I mean... Again, guys, I mean, yes, this movie is bad, but it's entertaining. I mean, it's got some stuff you can just say, you know what? I enjoy this better than, you know, than the Jessica Alba version for some reason, which doesn't doesn't sound right at all. <laughs> but it is more fun. It's, a, it's way more fun. Oh, yeah, totally. I think this, this, like we were saying earlier, I think this is the best incarnation of a live-action Fantastic Four movie. Wow, that's... that's funny and sad all at the same time (laughs) it's just weird to me that this movie's had it's had three reboots or no it's had two reboots one original and then one sequel and and it it seems like they never really gave the fans what they wanted it's weird to me because it's a property that you think would just get people involved that are like all right let's do it right this time (laughs) and that's what's amazing is this one is the closest version to what a fan would really want a fantastic four I mean, they kind of got the characters close to what the comic book is. They didn't have the seriousness over them. It wasn't so dark and deep and everything. I mean, it was just, it's fun, you know, comic book stuff. And, you know, I don't know. I, I, I used to think this was one of the worst things I've ever seen. And now looking at it again, I rather enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I didn't really have a problem with this as far as, like I said, it reminded me a lot of stuff that came out direct-to-video or even like on uh, TV around that time, you know, a lot of the same kind of special effects, a lot of the same kind of acting. Yep. And so maybe when it came out, I would have been harder on it, but now in retrospect, I'm just kind of like, eh, you know, it's 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 decent. Yep. I mean, the Doom the Doom stuff alone is worth watching this movie oh, for, yeah, like you're saying. Yeah. If you just go on YouTube and just find a you know a collection of just Doom's lines, that's that's really all you need just to to get a flavor of this movie. Jeweler's kind of pointless, except for the fact that he steals the diamonds. That's really the only reason he's in the movie. Uh, you didn't need him at all, but uh, he's in there. Yeah, he feels kind of a uh, kind of forced, especially especially toward the middle of the movie where there's really no reason for him to be there. It's just because once Doom has taken over the operation, it's just you know, right? It's Doom is pretty much th- that main villain. What do you say? Yeah. Uh, good lessons from bad movies. Anything? 
the only thing that I learned from this movie is that blind girls love to be picked up like a rag doll. <laughs> as soon as as soon as she she shatters that bust and uh, he bends down to pick her up, man, he lifts her up like she's just like 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 a dog like a pit bull would lift up like a rag doll. Right, right. Also, the thing that I learned is if you dress up a blind girl like a, a, a like an Arabian princess. She doesn't know it. <laughs> I mean, that, that was so pointless. He dressed her up like a princess, but she don't know what she's wearing. I mean, she don't know what a, what a princess looks like. Come on, people. Now she she knows certain things. She knows what a rock man looks like and what what uh, Lionel Richie and the Commodores look like. <laughs> That's right. I learned it's clobbering time. Um. <laughs> Yeah, he's actually said that more in this movie than I think he's actually said in any of the other ones. Yeah. <laughs> There's at least three, three, maybe four times. I, I think it was three for sure. It may have been a fourth one, but I know three for sure. So, yeah, there's, there's a point where you go, yeah, okay, we know you're going to say it, but it's not going to change anything, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we know it's clobbering <laughs> time, you know. How would you upgrade this movie? I'd take the jeweler out of it. If you could do some of the effects a little better, I could do without the whole death ray gun thing because you know Star Wars did it better but <laughs> but uh, yeah. I don't know I mean that, that's you know it's just it's just those things man just tweak those things a little bit and, and you know I, I'm happy with it as it is but you know it's low budget it's got heart it is what it is I, I think I would add more of the hot blind chick Alicia she really was cute. She really was pretty hot. Yep. Yeah, I can't disagree with that. I'd probably also add more wacky, wavy arms. <laughs> Man, yeah, just have him, like, every time, where's Reed at? And he, like, sticks his hand out from behind a door. I'm over here. <laughs> <laughs> like, have a scene where they're at a, a football stadium doing the wave. <laughs> I didn't even think about this, but maybe his arm was just, it stayed stretched out like that because he was trying to save Dr. Doom and he can't get it to, to come back normal, so... <laughs> That's the reason it's like that at the end of the movie. <laughs> I will say that out of all the uh, out of all the abilities, his is probably the least uh, the least useful. Yeah, I would say so too. But I remember being a kid, and of course, you know, you had DC kind of doing the same thing. They had Plastic Man, and he had a cartoon. And, oh yeah, yeah, you know, I, I kind of dug it, man. I was like, you know, I I, I could handle that. That'd be kind of cool. Because you can go back even further with Gleep and Glop from uh, Herculoids, because they could just change into whatever. Oh, yeah. Did you, uh, did you get any, uh, what were they thinking, things in oh, this? Oh, man, just, just the whole fact of, the whole Doctor Doom voice thing, it's just, it's so genius, but come on, you know that there's no way that that was going to work, because, you know, even, like I said, you can see it on the actors' faces, they, they even knew that... You know, uh, we don't know what he's saying. That's exactly what I wrote down too. Is, is Doctor Doom's uh, dialogue? Because if they, I didn't look at the credits too closely on this, but if they, if they claim there was somebody that did ADR, I'm going to call bullcrap on that. Right. right. Now they did it when they come out of the classroom, you know, and talked outside because it sounded just like the classroom. But why didn't you go back and fix this part? <laughs> like one of the main, one of the main people in the movie. The ultimate bad guy, really. I mean, Doctor Doom is a cool bad guy. And I have to admit, he looks really good in this movie. That's, it's a great Doctor Doom outfit. They just messed up. Well, they also keep him in shadows quite a quite a bit. And I like that, too, is that he's not like as glossy as he's been in some of the other incarnations. Right, right. I, I think there's so many 
good things on here that they did with the budget they had. It just fell short. Again, the the biggest problem to me on this is still the the stupid death ray thing because the the laser can <laughs> this is just ridiculous. I mean, you know, it's it's not in space. <laughs> Oh man, that's great though. Because I, you know, until you mentioned that, I never really even thought about that—that that it was coming from space. But it's like it wasn't <laughs> coming from space. All right, man. So, what do you think it sets on the bus? Honestly, a movie like this, I, I would say, I'd probably say it sits uh, a couple seats back from the front, just because I, I don't want to put it in the middle because I think it's a little, little better than a lot of the ones that sit in the middle. But uh, I would put a couple, like, couple seats back. Wow, and. I would put it, like, right in the middle. I, I would kind of put it right in that category just because of I think they did what they could with what they had. I, I think they kind of got shafted on the deal. It's hard It's hard to even try to rate this thing because you know that they were shortchanged, you know, and it wasn't their fault. So, uh, you know, I think they did what they could, but I'm still going to put it kind of right in the middle for me. Well, I, I think that works. I mean, I think that, that's uh, pretty, pretty fair, in fact. Uh... Yeah, I think if I saw a better print of this movie, um, I don't know. The one I saw was kind of fuzzy and stuff, so I'd right. like to see a better quality version of this. Yeah, well, from um, what I hear, did. for, for y'all listening out there, from what I hear, the one that's on YouTube is actually a really good copy of it. So you may want to track it down on there and check it out if you're, if you're interested in checking this out. But, uh, you know, yeah, it, it's hard to find a good copy of it because it came from, you know, just the generations of videotape that it was lost on. It was, it was supposed to have been completely destroyed. There weren't supposed to be any copies of it left. And uh, luckily, we got a we got a hold of this one. So, uh, yeah, I, I say I say at least check it out just to see what we're talking about. Oh yeah, totally. Sometimes when they're supposed to destroy movies, you get Nosferatu, and then sometimes you get uh, <laughs> Doctor Doom gargling marbles. <laughs> uh, what about the Visitor? Have you seen the Visitor? Which one's the Visitor? Is that the? Um... That was the lost movie that had uh, Franco Nero. Sorry. Uh, no, I've never seen that. It's kind of like The Omen, but a lot weirder. <laughs> All right, we will definitely cover No, i check that out. Is it good? It, well, it belongs on this show. <laughs> Let's just say that. But it was just okay. recently found a couple of <laughs> Enough years said. ago. said. Yeah, it was just found a couple of years ago, and it's a 70s movie. And, uh, you know, it was like, it was considered a, a lost movie. So, yeah, we'll, we'll be doing that one soon, I guarantee you. Oh, that's, that's awesome. awesome. I'm excited, man. I love The Omen. Well, don't get that excited. <laughs> <laughs> Not that it's said, the... You know. I said it's like exactly. The Omen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, we'll be right back. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back after this. Get out of the way! I'm Cootie. My name is X. And I'm Chef Al, and we're your hosts on the Kiss the Goat podcast. On our show, we're going to break down some of your favorite devil movies from the past 50 years. We also drink and talk about religion. Which is a terrible idea. That is a great idea. And I'm going to give you some great recipe ideas to go along with the movies that we've been watching. We also answer questions from our listeners on every single episode. And I also frankly discuss my sex life at really inappropriate times. Ah, she does! I do, it's the thing. I tell terrible jokes saying what I'm drunk. And I haven't been paid yet. They said they would pay me, and they, uh... Kiss the Goat! Exclusively on the Legion Network of Podcasts. Uh, seriously, can I get some money? God, just do the job, Al. Hey, you go! 
Okie doke, folks. That's going to do it for this episode. Hey, if you enjoyed this show, uh, just give us a shout-out on the Facebook page. You can uh, check us out there and uh, give us some comments. If you love this movie, if you hate this movie, just let us know, man. We, we have a blast covering these movies. Some of them are even hard to even describe to you folks just because of the wackiness in them. But that's what makes it fun. And... Uh, yeah, we'd love to have you get with us and, and just be a part of our, our group over there and jump on the bus with us. Hey, thanks everybody also for uh, you know like all the the support and all the everybody that's been giving us feedback and everything. It's been it's been really awesome. It's, the ride on the bus has been fun so far. Oh yeah, loving it. Yeah, so we just put out a post uh, this week that uh, we're, the download numbers have come in for Legion, and we were the most downloaded show for the month. So that's you guys. That's y'all doing that. I mean, we're just cranking out crazy stuff, but it definitely makes us want to work a little harder and keep things going and keep you entertained. So we appreciate you supporting us. Tell your friends about us. Get more people to check us out. That's the only way this thing grows. If you ever, if you listen to us on iTunes, if you go in there and subscribe to us and leave us a little review, man, that just makes the show grow even more. That's that's the best way you can help the show out is to leave a review on there, and hopefully it makes more people pay attention to it, and it gets us a little more out in the spotlight, and people can check out the show. And don't forget Instagram, don't forget Twitter, all that good stuff. And don't forget to check out other cool shows such as my friend Johnny Krug's show, Kruger Nation. That uh, if you love good horror stuff, man, it's a great, great show. So uh, I'm again, I'm just getting tickled getting to work with this guy. So it's a lot of fun. Woo! <laughs> it is, man. I'm having a blast, dude. It's uh, <laughs> it's been an, it's been, <laughs> it's been awesome. Hey, uh, um, one thing also is uh, you know, if you want to go on iTunes or whatever and rate, like Rick was saying, um, make sure that you don't give us the Battlefield Earth rating. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, right. (laughs) We want something a little higher. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I believe that's going to do it for us this episode. You guys just take it easy, and we'll see you next time around. We'll talk to you later. Peace. Peace.